Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for yourselves for being out in this cold, windy Monday night in the city of Chicago. Welcome to the Soho House. I'm your host, Kevin Colville. This is the flyest DJ on, well, all, all planets, really, all solar systems, the illest in the universe. Make some noise for DJ Cash Era. Ooh, DJ Cash Era. Uh, of course, available for all your uh, bar and bat mitzvah needs, your weddings, any turn up you have, DJ Cash Era will make fresher. Uh, this is Chicago Next at the Soho House. This is a monthly event we curate uh, here for the last long time. I think that we've been here for like five years. And tonight is a very special literary version of Chicago Next featuring the best and brightest in the, sh- the city of Chicago and beyond. Tonight, we have for you Rach Jackson and Idris Goodwin. Make some noise. For these two talented artists, you're going to hear from them in just a moment. Uh, also, we are recording this for posterity for a podcast we do on WGN Radio where DJ Cashier is also the producer. We spend a lot of time together. Uh, we, have a, we have a podcast called The Corner Store, and so we're recording this uh, live um, version that you'll be able to hear later on when we put it out. So tonight, the format is a little bit different. I'm going to introduce each writer, and you're going to get a little information from them. You're going to hear a set from them, and then at the end, the three of us are going to be able to have a conversation. Maybe we'll open it up to y'all if you have questions about craft or content, anything you hear tonight. Also, I should let you know that uh, um, you know these folks uh, grind on the regular, and they have two uh, new books out in the world that are not even six months old uh, and those books are available this evening for purchase in the back so make sure you support art and artists uh, plus these are incredible collections that you're going to own for generations to come without further ado uh, I want to introduce you to a, uh, a woman who is multi-talented uh, I've known Rach Jackson for a long time this uh, book that she has in the world even the Saints audition is uh, essential reading because it kind of allows you Uh, to think about the body justified via the state, via religion, and via the current state of the planet. And uh, it's a really beautiful, important collection. She uh, does a lot of things all over the planet. She's the voice of the video game, right? I mean, for starters. Uh, She also... She also, she also co-hosts uh, the incredible event with our, our homie Toaster, the Big Kid Slam, uh, which she could tell you more about from the city of Chicago. Y'all, please make some noise for Rach Jackson. It's, like it's recorded now for radio, though. So, oh, you're, right, yeah, right. we got it. We got it on lock. Do I sit? Do I stand? Do, do, I... do you. Do, do, I'm going to ask you a few questions up top. Oh, then and I'm then I'm going to turn it over to you for, for your set. You're sitting on the table. That's the chair. I'm good. If I'm, if, am I making you uncomfortable? I got another stool back here. That's the table. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, allegedly. I don't know. Um, there we go. Uh, Rach, tell us a, a little about, uh, about where you're from. Um, I'm from the south side of Chicago. Okay. Um, woo, woo, woo. All right. um, Only I, one person from the south side. Wow, and, right. <laughs> wow, okay. It is this, uh, yeah, listen, I don't want to talk about the demographics <laughs> at the Soho House. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, uh, no, I'm just saying, there's, Jasmine I mean, to, it's Jasmine usually, if yeah. you say south side like, in the city, right. Yeah, I claim a couple of different neighborhoods from the south side, but one of the the main neighborhoods I really claim is like 47th and Drexel, because that's where the church um, that I was at five days a week was at. Yes. So that neighborhood was my neighborhood, technically. And, and we're about to get into that, but why, why did you spend so much time at the church as a, as a kid? Um, so uh, the religion I grew up in is Christian, non-denominational is like the, the easy term for it, but it is actually like super intense. The women don't wear pants um, or jewelry or makeup and, you know, obviously tons of rules for women. <laughs> um, Not so much for the fellas. Ever. Yeah. Right? It's kind of how it be. Ever. Kind of across the board uh, <laughs> forever in every religion ever. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and, and so, like, this book is basically... Um, I, the simplistic terms is like I, I guess coming of age but it's basically me being like hey there are a lot of questions that I've had and then I like I parallel a lot of bible characters too which is always risky <laughs> and have you have you gotten some uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what's been the feedback from the folks at the church um oh not not um not from the church um but basically so um this is through Button Poetry, and so um, a lot of my work was previewed on YouTube through their channel, and there is... Hundreds of thousands. You got a lot of views on... Uh, yeah. 
A million. <laughs> yeah, a million. Honestly, yeah, a million. A yeah. million. <laughs> Part of me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just want Yeah. No, so play. No, yeah. uh, but but um, basically, there's uh, so my book follows the character of Job. Um, does anyone know the story of Job? I always study. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, a lot, um, of, lot of Bible readers in the audience tonight. Yeah. Um, and so for the people who, who don't know the story of Job, Job is basically this awesome saint, right? He was doing his thing, and he was like praising God throughout the way. He had riches. He had kids. He had his wife, whatever. And basically the devil meets with God, and he's like, yo, the only reason Job worships you is because he has all these things. And he, you should take him away to see if he worships them worships you still and god does right and 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 so it's not a casual like oh this mic stand is mine i'm gonna take it back he gave him precious kids or god gave joe precious kids them kids got murdered right like um like no dead ass like there were boils all over job's body like these are bible stories that like really exist and so like this this story is taught was taught to me as a church baby because it's supposed to be like throughout the trial throughout the trials and tribulations you know still praise god because that's what job did for me as a child, um, it was a little hard because I was like, I mean, God could have said no. <laughs> like, he could have been like, no. Nah. So I think that, um, so I did a, I did a, a, a long form poem. And this, the poem is actually split throughout the book. And it actually maps my whole book. But I, I cut up the pieces. But um, it went up on YouTube about me, like, talking about Job and paralleling, paralleling my depression. And uh, an exact quote don't read the comments was like this is anti-christ speech repent rachel and i was like few people call me rachel that don't know my actual name is rachel and i was like wow you did your research um you saw i had a biblical name too uh, it's uh, i caught some flack for it and it was it was a little hard and then i kind of had to realize that i wrote this for me and other church babies that's literally what the dedication says for my family and for my church babies and if someone out there doesn't get it that's real it wasn't for you. <laughs> so I, I think that that's what I mean about, like, I caught some flag, but... I, yeah, that user wasn't at Jesus. It was not. It okay. was All not. Right. just want to be clear. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for, for, for us to hear the book. Um, I, I, I guess I'm wondering, uh, before you get into the read, mm-hmm. um, for folks who maybe don't fall into that category, if folks aren't church babies, what are some of the things that you hope people will take away from, from reading this really important collection? Um, I, I think that um, I, I want people to question everything more my brother um i left the religion after my brother um and my brother explained to my mom and it is a big deal right like i'm like kind of glossing it over because i don't want to get into it but you have to like talk to the elders and like um you know later on i cut my hair super thin like these are things that like a lot of people don't get but my brother um and i'll never forget this because at the time i was still like trying to believe in it he exits the religion and he tells my mom i want to believe in something because i believe in it not because i was born in it and that was like some next level shit, right? Where I was like, like, yeah, like, I, I, you know, no one's dissing whatever religion you were brought into. But if I have these questions that are not being answered, I'm a question it. And I think that like with this book, this book is full of questions and it makes I like how uncomfortable it makes a certain demographic. Um, a lot of um, um, or two two main reviews because you shouldn't read them. But I, I did um, was that it's vulgar. And it made me kind of sad because I'm almost 30. <laughs> I look young, um, but I wrote this book for adults, right? And so there's, there's these things that I was like, if it's vulgar to you, that's fine. But the thing I want people to take from my book is that, like, vulgarity is part of life. Like, there, there are some questions that cannot be answered with a, a sweet, simple answer. And that's what I, like, try to do throughout this book is it's hella questions and it's a lot of me answering it honestly in some fucked up ways um because i think that uh some parts of my childhood were fucked up right um and so i think that that's what i want people to take away is just it's it's full of questions and answers but it's it's a little vulgar but i do believe in god is also a thing that a lot of people were like um when it was marketed it was supposed to be like this big book of spiritual poems apparently that like that was an error on the publisher's part right um because people read it and they were like what is this but, but i think i think yeah. questioning is about a spiritual practice too exactly. and i think you do really important work in this book well i'm excited for Appreciate us to you. hear uh, i also think a series of you explaining bible stories is going to be big <laughs> i want, want more of that please y'all make some noise for rage jackson Okay. 
everyone. Um, so, yeah, we'll start off with this. Oh, this is mine. Um, in between um, poems, I'm going to go drink, 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 drink. And what y'all going to do? Drink, 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 drink. Do it now, do it now, do it now. What you doing, what you doing, what you doing, what you doing? Drink, 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 drink. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Soho. Um, so we'll start off with this. Preteen me asks, what does circumcision mean? In a full Sunday school class. True story. Remnants of sex dreams are little termites running through my ear canal, pitter-pattering through every service while my dress is sewn to the pew cushion. I'm trapped here in the front piano side, trying to shake the filth from my ears in disguise of praise hands and worship In this church, I'm a valuable section in the snow that's never been touched, waiting for my entirety to be melted away by marriage, marriage only. In this church, I want nothing more than a handprint on me, anyone who is willing to share my blizzard, someone who wants to feel how cold I am. Church mothers will try to teach me that my lower region is a frozen wasteland, that nothing the Lord is proud of can come from such a void, but I don't mind my frigid temperatures. I don't mind being cold all by myself. My body is my temple. I keep it tidy when I visit. This is about masturbation, folks. My body is my temple. I keep it tidy when I visit. I appreciate you fingers. More than older women flipping through hymnals trying to find the right spot for their song. I stay in tune with my fingers. Can't let them hear the newfound melody that lulls me to sleep each night. It feels like satin. Soft. Like I knew it was. (laughs) Create brilliant mosaics in these lonely winters. Snow angels doing the devil's dance. My fingertips are covered in glitter now. A sparkling layer reminding you how evil I might be. (laughs) I'll keep my nails short. And every time I do this poem, I'm like, oh, damn. (laughs) I'll keep my nails short, continuing to groom the monster that gnaws down there, suffocated under tights and skirts and gospel songs, worshiping a young woman who stays true to her virtue, a young woman whose value depends on how pure she is, how cold she is, a girl who has let the idea of sex erode her mind so much its uneven edges are lined with lust and self-loathing. It is better for me to pretend my insides are empty rooms in the Lord's house. Can't let anyone know there is a leak in my basement during the week. (laughs) Everyone here makes me feel like I need fixing. Tie knots in my cheeks and my smile stays in place. And I'll raise my hand since I'm in this church that ices girls' voice boxes. And I'll latch eyes onto any Sunday school leader that claims I'm broken. And I'll ask that blatant sex question in Sunday school. I dare God himself to shatter the fence around my snow. Drink, 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 drink. Um, so growing up in a church, obviously, like, there were some super sins, and masturbation was one of them. Um, (laughs) I'm laughing because, um, I'm about to read the poem that people thought was vulgar. It's what I'm laughing at, and also, like, it is what it is. I think that what happened was we, they separated, growing up, they separated the boys from girls. And so, like, the boys had sex ed, right? And, you know, the pastor and, like, all the elders. And they're like, yeah, you know, as men, you'll feel these urges. Like, we ask that you don't, you know, really act on them. Da-da-da-da-da. And then <laughs> our sex ed was like, you're going to bleed. And that's it. That's all you'll feel. Splash. And you're done. And it, it was, like, this traumatizing thing where we all had been, like, kicking with each other about boys, right? We obviously felt something, but all we knew was that we bleed, and the boys were at least, they knew what was going on. Anyway, so this is, this is called Touching. We went happy poem about masturbation. Guess where we're going now? <laughs> My mom says I follow her like a germ without knowing my mind is infected. We laugh. I hover in the kitchen like a cough stuck in her throat. At Thanksgiving, I oversalt the greens and get demoted to the dishes. I'm the glass that needs polishing. Know the constant rub will make it clean. At Tuesday night service, I find I don't need to touch myself to touch myself. I can toy with my muscles while smiling in a pew. 
a pulsing preteen heap pretending to not think about how people in this church were created. The Bible says that Adam knew Eve and she birthed Cain. Maya's parents folded into each other like our tithing envelopes and she's singing a hymn next to me. I accidentally found my parents' condoms yesterday. They can't afford another sinner. I'm so neat. I'm so careful. Chores scrub the secret until my desire is blank. I erase the dirt in my head while vacuuming the living room. Stains yell the sins from my underwear and I wash a load for my family all by myself. I cut my nails to be productive. Need to push the buttons on the machines easier. My panties are smothered in the bottom hamper with dried flakes in the seat. I'm so dirty. I'm so independent. Know how to work around what's broken. I lay out our clothes on the couches to dry while the dishes soak in hot water. I tell my mom the laundromat has a working dryer. Need to hide the extra drawers covering the armrests. These are adult feelings. No one teaches me how to feel before the blood. I'm told my body is not built for lust. I'm not a woman yet, but I want to be. An erupting girl who doesn't track a cycle but ruins cotton panties. And Shay taught me how to pop my ass in the church bathroom while our moms were upstairs in choir rehearsal. And I'm ready to grind on the nearest boy at school the next day. I must be the only one who craves. I want to ask my Sunday school teacher if I will go to hell. How much am I sinning if I'm only pleasuring myself? The bathroom is the only door I'm allowed to lock in this house. I point out the ring around the toilet while gripping Ajax by the neck. My mom is impressed with my surge of housework. Cleanliness is next to godliness. I'll be a good wife. Suppression is next to salvation. I'll be a good sinner. I turn the latch and clean myself of the thoughts. After, I run water to soak up the sound of crying. For now, I only need myself. For now, I only need my need. Drink, 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 drink. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, this book is definitely a, a super coming of age situation um, where I'm just like um, exploring a lot of things that I was uh, not allowed to explore and also um, balancing growing up in a house that was like that also like super, you know, had drugs. And I think that 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 was um, something that surprised a lot of people. Right. Um we dive into uh, substance abuse in here as well. And I think that sometimes people want to like pray or I was taught to pray out the demon of alcohol, pray out like drugs and alcohol. And it was hard, um, you know, just because if it runs in the family, it's like, what are we doing, folks? Um, and so I have a, um, a series in this uh, called After Church, She Gets High Again. Um, yeah. And I, I, I rarely, I just started reading some of my sad poems in these spaces. So thank you for allowing me to do that because this is like this is actually really making me nervous. <laughs> I mean, I, I thanks, thanks, because like you know, I, I think I'm hilarious, right? But but I, I, I be writing about sad shit. So thanks for rolling with me. Um, after church, she gets high again. After the repast, the fun aunt goes home to rest. Her bed is the lonely positive. A break before the celebration. A bottle of confetti hums from the medicine cabinet. Music is vital for a gathering. Downstairs, the rest of the family trails in with full stomachs and puffed eyes. Death crowds homes with relatives, uninvited grief carriers that won't cloud their own homes with sadness. Later, we'll find what's left of the pills. For now, she spins in the middle of our morning with stories about her past. She used to be in love. She used to be pretty, like her nieces in the photos shouting from the walls. She snatches her frozen self off the hook and sways with the frame in silence. If we're all blessed, we'll die old, but ugly. In the chapel, my feet wouldn't go near the casket. At her house, they tap on a beat she thinks she hears. In a few months, I get a call that the fun aunt is dead. Killed herself in search of another party when she was sad. Died alone with confetti clogging her throat, coughed, and the colors blocked her view. Her and the car, an incomplete mosaic on the tree. I hang up the phone and return to the concert. My heartbeat finds the music I already swallowed. I close my eyes and welcome the splattered hues. At the beginning of a high, it's important to remind yourself that you did this to feel good. No bad news brings a pro down, and I've trained for this. 
I repeat my favorite colors over and over again until I push to the front, rambling and swaying through the songs alone while my body prepares for another funeral, while my blood prepares for another funeral. I'm grateful it mixes with the hum of my pills. I'm grateful for the dance she taught me. Um, so, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll jump back up because that, like, that took a lot out of me and we're going to end on a, like, ridiculous note because this will be my last one because I'm ridiculous. <laughs> um, so, so this is where, you know, whatevs, um, I t- oh, you know what? There's only, like, one person that's heard this story before in this room. Two, whatever. Um, y- y'all ever, like, know you have a date, right? And you're, like, <laughs> you're, like, afterwards, we're about to, like... <laughs> Right. And then so 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 then you like shave your legs, you shave your ankles, you shave your ass crack, you shave your, you know, your armpits, you shave your mustache. You know what I'm saying? You shave. Listen, I got a little unibrow and I be nicking that bitch, too. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So you're like, listen, you know, this is what it is. Like, I'm clear for landing. This is going to be it. You go out, you looking at him, you like, yeah, it's time. It's it's it's. 905 it's time you know what i'm saying um and then you get back to to to, to your place and and and, and 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 the sex is bad oh nobody in this room never had bad sex whole bunch of pros in this room nobody nobody even looked to their neighbor they were like that doesn't happen i i'm saying in this hypothetical the other person sucked not you so uh, let's try this again. Has the other person sucked? Okay, yeah. Stroking your ego a little bit, but here we go. So, so I wrote, I wrote this um, because I experienced it, um, and it happens way too often. And men, <laughs> oh wait, I, I'm like actually rewriting this so this isn't so heteronormative. I think that uh, <laughs> there is a certain population that isn't used to being told what to do in bed, and y'all suck. <laughs> Um, so, uh, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> so this poem online is called, uh, a wasted ass shave. <laughs> but wait, but wait, but wait, 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 wait. So, so we were talking about YouTube comments, right? Or, or, uh, so what happens is like button rolls it out. They roll it out on YouTube. YouTube people are like, oh, okay, sure, you low key funny. They roll it out on Twitter. Niggas was like, chuckle, chuckle. All right. <laughs> they roll it out on Facebook, and this this woman tagged me. <laughs> right, Jackson. This isn't family material. It's like, duh, bitch. Like, <laughs> talking about getting my ass ate, like. <laughs> So, so, um, but, but when I was writing this, I was like, yo, like, this is like your, this, this book is your introduction to the world, right? Like you, you, you can't go wild. You know what I'm saying? So it's called wasted grooming in text. <laughs> cause I, cause I'm, I'm published now. Um, wasted ass shame. I don't do that. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Final plug is that I have books, um, in the back, $16. I'm nice. Also just say hi. Um, I, I, I'm a weenie. So like, Please say hi. Um, I'm Rach Jackson, R-A-Y-C-H Jackson on all platforms. And I'm also super fucking excited to see Idris. Okay. The second man I try to have sex with gave me head like a shy frog trying to catch a fly. I'm going to demonstrate this shit. You, you know what I'm talking about, ladies. Don't even play with me. Listen, listen. Either you're laughing with me because you know what I'm talking about. Because we all brand new. Oh, every man that went down was good, huh? All right, here we go. The second man I tried to have sex with gave me head like a shy frog trying to catch a fly. Hidden behind the neatly trimmed grass, if I do say so myself. But too nervous to make contact. Very wild and very apologetic. As much as I wanted to stop him, some things are too horrible to look away from. (laughs) A a, a car crash right through sex ed. Unsure of where to finally park, so it was more of a ramming of sorts. His tongue, a winding pink sloth, missing each mark. He even let me turn on and watch Martin during. (laughs) Somehow, that wasn't a clue. (laughs) I'm sorry. 
really happened. I was in college. I want you to know. I turned on Martin. You know, like in Nickelodeon where they like have the shit at 2 a.m. And I was like, yeah, nah. Nick at night. All right. Somehow that wasn't a clue. The ceiling couldn't have been more entertaining. The creases and folds and paint chips all looking down, watching me not even pretend to be revved up. And he smashed his tongue in places like an ambitious hot wire begging for some type of spark. It looked like an inexperienced mechanic under my hood. <laughs> then I show this part. So as you see, it's like paragraph form. And like, you know, as you see over here, I was getting my line breaks off. For this poem, I was like, this is funny, but I wish I should have broke it right here. <clears throat> I shaved my ass for this? <laughs> it's a question mark and an exclamation mark. <laughs> my, my fury, okay? <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to find and snatch out the long curly hair? The blade, the blade is my metal predator, but the prey finds its strength in bushy numbers. This morning, I was contorted in my shower like a cramped up mannequin. Ran my hand over the hard to reach spots for that spike test, TM, until I was an eight ball. All this for an orgasm I wrote on my to-do list that day. After I stopped his imitation of an offbeat harmonica player. And this is where I pause because nobody, everyone's like fake. But you know I'm talking about that weak ass shit. You know, listen, pussy's right here. And then you're like, and you're like, for real? Like, (laughs) oh, you know, listen, I'm rocking with this right here. (laughs) All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) Okay, there I am. Uh, all this for an orgasm I did on my to-do list. After I stopped this imitation of an offbeat harmonica player, I reached my fist out for a dap. <laughs> I did not want to be rude and offer a handshake. I feel like a dap has more of a camaraderie tone to it. It's a solid gesture that says, sir, I still fuck with you as a person, but your head game is trash. I, want, I only want to be with people that compliment how smooth my ass crack is that day. Need to find someone to appreciate this landing strip before my grade 8 sculpting becomes stubby. I'm Rach Jackson. Sex with me so amazing. It makes a noise for Rach Jackson, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Rach. Thanks for that poem on Martin Luther King Day. It's really... Um, I think folks will be proud. Um, again, the book is available in the back. You can see Rach um, after we close out the set. Make sure you support and follow her on all social media. Next, it's my pleasure to introduce to y'all the homie uh, who originally comes from the great city of Detroit, Michigan. Uh, came to Chicago to uh, study and get multiple degrees from Columbia College and the School of the Art Institute. He has an MFA in uh, filmmaking, I think. But uh, I think I think of uh, Idris Goodwin as uh, hip-hop's August Wilson, someone who tells the stories of uh, the generation in, in uh, these micro-beautiful moments. Uh, he's also a poet. Uh, he's the author of, of a collection he's going to read from and tell you about this evening, uh, all the way tonight from... Louisville, Kentucky. Please make some noise, y'all, for Idris Goodwin. This is mad, I get more butt than ashtrays. The fair one, I get mine the fast way. Ski mass way, and the ransom notes. Far from handsome, but damn, a nigga throat much. More guns than Yes, yes. Uh, also, I should note, um, you know, usually on the podcast in the corner store, we offer our guests snacks. We didn't do that, but we did give them drink tickets tonight. Oh, yeah. um, so I also just want to shout out the, the, the staff of the corner store. Mercedes Zapata is the uh, official photographer and social media maven of the corner store who's in the building. And Max, the snack tour, is in the house, too, who's one of the organizers uh, for tonight's event, too. You could make some noise for Max, too, y'all. Um, but Idris, man, thanks so much for coming in from, from Louisville. Oh, this is great, man. This is really dope. Can we just talk about what just happened a second ago? Rach? <laughs> yeah. That was incredible. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. A lot the future of future is bright. Yes. The future of poetry is very bright. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Um, so, yo, so you, uh, this, I want to I talk about, about this book, what, what people can expect to hear from it. There's a lot, to me, there's a lot that is in conversation with Rachel's book that we'll talk about uh, postscript. But uh, when you sat down to, to knock this collection out, what, what were the things that were weighing heavy on your mind? Um, man, you know what, Kevin Koval, um I hadn't I'm not really see I, I'm 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 a very like uh, real time arts person, right? So I started out creativity in terms you know, with hip hop. You know, I'm a 
was born in 1977, and so... Grown man rap. Grown man rap. Came up with hip-hop, um, uh, and... So for me, I expressed myself first as a rapper. So I got used to, and that's what drew me to theater because it's this, it's this, you know, performance of language, live storytelling, this kind of thing. Um, so books weren't really like my wave, you know. Like most of, uh, I've I retained a lot of what I hear. Like you know, black preachers. I grew up in the church as well, um, and the black preacher is like. So, you know, that is that is the that is who I wanted to be like, you know what I mean? Just because of how he would, you know, hold court and, you know, an MC of sorts, an really. MC yeah. of sorts. And uh, and so uh, I had a book that came out called These Are the Breaks uh, in like 2010, something like that. And um, and it was cool. It was great. I was really proud of it. But, you know, I just was doing other things. Um, and then with Can I Kick It? I just. um I wanted to have another go at the book thing, uh, but I also just started getting really uh, engaged with current events and popular culture, and I was finding myself like composing these very like witty, razor sharp tweets, and I was just like, "Why? Why am I giving Twitter this free content? You know what I mean? Like, I can get paid for this. I'm, let me just go ahead and write a poem, and then get pay it style, published. Not a freestyle, yeah, yeah, pay style, not a freestyle, exactly. And also, but then also in the process of making it a poem." I, you know, it, it, it became more um, introspective, more personal, um, deeper and better than the tweet was, right? Because tweets are intended to be these little missiles that we launch. Like, yeah, you know, not so fast, Rachel Maddow. Ha <laughs> 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 ha, you thought Rachel Maddow, you know, but instead it, it, it turns into something that's like, like, damn, I never got to have a dog, you know? <laughs> For example, for yeah, example. no, no, yeah, yeah, it it turns quick. Um, you you do have you do have a lot of those like kind of aimed at, at pop culture, kind of almost like um, poems that are you know almost ripped from the headlines. You also have a lot, of course, about uh, decades into your practice in in, in praxis. And what's yo? It's you funny just I talk to you like every day. It is know, weird know, that you're just like, yeah, that's really interesting. <laughs> so uh, let's. No, you got a job to do. I'm sorry, I'm messing that's it okay. up. That's okay. You know what I do want to talk about actually is your chain. Because I know it's a Cuban link. Yeah, yeah. You want to talk about it? Because the brand, it's a good purchase, right? My man just got a chain. You know, so you can make some noise with a chain. Listen, right? Respect, y'all. Listen, I I am entering what we call the minivan era, and uh, and uh, you feel me? And so you know, is it a midlife crisis? We don't know. Might I'm be. Not yeah. A, but my but I tell you what I just I work very hard I've been working very hard for many years and the chain man you know and I'm also from Detroit so like I got you know what I mean like I got gators and chains yeah, no, in my yeah, blood, in blood you know yeah, a little bit yeah, exactly. and it's just starting to kind of like yeah. I want to shine and I'm like the guy the guy challenged me I'm at this stage in my life the guy challenged me at the at the jewelry counter he was like sir do you know how much that Cuban link is and I was like give me six of them right now. <laughs> I works hard. So, yes, I'm spending all my children's college money on um, my midlife crisis. No, Feel free like, to ask another like question. Like a good rapper. What was like that a good question rapper. you were asking before? By, by the way, you know, because I, I, I th- I, uh, I'm a few years older than you, but I, I, um, I think of it as uh, midlife catharsis. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah we we're trying to figure it out. Really. I mean, what is age, bro? I mean, okay. like, what Now, kind listen, of, your shit's I mean, open. Going, you feel me? We going by the yeah. Roman yeah. calendar? Okay. Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Clearly not. It's very problematic. Never I mean, that. what is a day, my dude? I mean, you know like, what, I mean? what is a day, right? I mean. We got to keep it moving, though, because we are on the clock. Um, <laughs> y'all, make some noise for EG's going in this book. You're going to read from Can I Kick It? Oh, that's a good time. You guys having a good time? Are you enjoying yourselves? This is fun. I appreciate you. Um, all right. So I'm going to just start. You know, it's important. You know, my name is Idris. This is a poem about my name. Um, it's in the book. Uh, okay, sorry. I always thought the name came out of a book. My mother still has it. It's crude and it's orange and it says African names. Now inside African names it says something like Idris means immortal. 
but I don't think that's right. My mother's name is Patricia. My father's name is Donald. Their parents are named Thelma, James, Ruth, and also James. They wanted us to have names with throat and vowels. In Detroit, the name was a minority. The black church asked, now why you get that boy that African name? How you gonna get that boy that Muslim name? There are names in the good book. Strong apostle names. There are names in the phone book. Strong regular names. In the suburbs... My name was a minority. My middle American classmates asked, now is it Idris, is it Idris, is it Isidore, is it Ivan, is it Iggy? How about I just call you I? How about I just call you E? How about I just call you something other than your name? Age 11, I asked my mom if I can change my name to something else. Mark, Tony, Sean, something else. Being named Idris in North America will arrest people. You must grow patience. That's so unusual. That's so exotic. That sounds Turkish. That sounds Greek. Are you Muslim? Age 16, two Arab gentlemen come through my register. They get big-eyed when they see my name tag. They want to know how the name made its way to a Target in suburban Michigan. They're disappointed when I tell them about the book, African Names. (laughs) Some 10 years later, I'm in the Middle East where they pronounce it beautifully. Not all straightened and flattened. They've given it a joyful bounce. Idris is a prophet in the Quran. Age 20, I'm brand new to the city of Chicago. I'm cleaning cigarette butts out of a restaurant urinal for minimum wage. My boss is a large stereotype of a man in a turtleneck, a sport coat, tinted eyeglasses, and a thick as Mike Ditka's mustache Chicago accent unzips at my urinal, the one I just cleaned, and then he says, I ain't going to remember that name of yours. I'm going to just call you Eddie. And my name became Eddie. But then his assistant suggested he stop for fear I would claim cultural insensitivity. The man from the UK tells me the Welsh have a myth. There's Morocco's Moulay Idris, the jazz world's Idris Muhammad, television and films Idris Elba. How do you say it? What does it mean? What does it mean? How do you say it? What does it mean? It means fiery cashier. It means philosophic cleaner of urinals. How do you say it? How do you say it? I call myself Idris. That's how my mama says it but she's probably not saying it right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, we're just going to rip through it. I mean, really, ultimately, I was just trying to um, write the sort of book that I would have uh, bought uh, in, you know, if I was in a record store or like a skateboard shop. Uh, so that's what a cover looks like. It looks because um, I was like, I would want this. Do, anybody, anybody like old school Chicago? Anybody remember Uprise? What happened? Okay. Um, does anybody... I don't know if that was a diss or what. I don't know what that was. Um, were you talking about William Upski? Billy Upski? No, no, no. I'm, I'm not referring to the, uh, the celebrated author of Bomb the Suburbs, Mr. Upski. I am uh, referring to um, Uprise, <laughs> the skateboard shop. Anyway, I was trying to write the sort of book, respectfully, respectfully, listen, it's all love. I feel like I'm like at my house right now. This is great. Like, I just like live in a great house, and you all came over, and I baked you a turkey, and we just like are kicking it. Turkey's gangster. All right. Uh, hey, I got a question. Uh, do you guys like motion pictures? Great. This is a poem called Back to the Afro Future, 1965. And I have arrived to roam a pre-riot, pre-crack Detroit where the blocks are filled with fathers. And because my teenage dad don't need lessons on game and no brother's name Biff, no meddling necessary. My time free, so I spend wild with Doc Brown, named because of his likeness to Julius Irving. Plating his head, thanks to the shrapnel, a parting gift from the service where he was in communications. We tinker with some stereo equipment some old record players we raid the 45s and at the get down under the sea dance i blend the temptations with the tops and mary wells into the supremes but that james brown i feel good smuggled in the passenger of the delorean get him grooving and i get that feeling too i start cutting it up crab transform scratch blend the dj who hurt his head rushes to long distance call his caribbean cousin yo clive you know that new sound you been looking for and the whole
whole thing spin full. I am Grandmaster Flash, Grandmaster DST, Jam Master J, Cup Creator, Cubert, cutting up the same James Brown records they will cut for the next 50 years until the end of time. I look up at the crowd for the first time. They give a look only aggravated black folk can. This is the era of harmony. Hendrix has yet to shred metal. They don't know about black noise over the measure. Only black noise in the dark. Hell, they not even wearing afros yet. Guess y'all not ready, I say. But your kid's gonna love it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Do you guys, uh, no, I'm not gonna do that one. Uh, Michael, Michael, my friend Michael is in the house. You guys know Michael? He's a... Fabulous hip-hop artist, poet, actor, uh, wearer of dreadlocks uh, in front of a balding man, which is just fucked up. Uh, <laughs> I don't like people with dreadlocks, yo. No, no disrespect. Listen, I celebrate diversity. I celebrate diversity. But if you black with dreadlocks, just, just take it easy, okay? Like... Like, if you see a bald African-American gentleman in the room, like, when and you get out of the pool, you don't have to do all this, okay? I don't need... You have to get all Eric Benet up in... Uh, this is a... <laughs> Speaking of black people, this is a poem called Ashy to Classy, an ode to lotion. The TSA agent opens the teeth on the black travel bag, likely the forgotten razor blades again. Instead, the bottle of unscented shea butter to culprit. Sorry, sir. You have one too many lotions. (laughs) There are eight cardinal rules to safely navigate the world. One is don't give TSA agents a hard time. So I comply and bid farewell to the new edition of my moisturizing arsenal. Thankfully, the eucalyptus aftershave lotion remained in the accumulated hotel acquisitions and, of course, my emergency cocoa butter. (laughs) There are never too many lotions. One in my car, one in my wife's car. One never knows. After each hand washing before the cracks begin to sting fingertips or crisp Minneapolis walks make lips look donut glazed or arid New Mexico afternoons make space between thumb and finger headstone gray. Can't be out here with elbows looking like a desert, ankles looking parched, kneecaps looking like they could sand table smooth. (laughs) Rough as it is out here, the relief of skin's resurrection is a baptism. The body's largest organ makes joyful noise with every glide of butter or oil. Too many, you say? Nah, never too much, never too much. Gotta be smooth as Luther Vandross' voice. Can't be out here looking like we've been hugging ghosts. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You're a great crowd. You're awesome. Um, I just found out, this this is topical. This is topical. So yeah, it's just, I'm just gonna say it's topical and go into it like like I'm like I don't care if you make the connection or not. Uh, okay, here we go. This is called a uh, Game of Thrones. The creator of Game of Thrones, <clears throat> the creators of Game of Thrones. The lighting is really weird up here. All right, yeah, it's like I'm just gonna read this. You can hear me, right? Oh, for the podcast. How about this? How about this? Yeah? That's what those two degrees learned me right there. That's, that's, that's the degrees right there. Okay, here we go. Game of Thrones. Uh, you know what I'm saying? All right, Game of Thrones. The creators of Game of Thrones are developing a series that takes place in an alternate timeline where the southern states have seceded from the Union, giving rise to a nation where slavery remains legal. As if the effects and echoes of said institution do not linger. As if we can't still taste the flakes of horror in the wind. As if the rebel flag is not still brazenly snapping air and buckling belts. As if this series hasn't already played out in the minds of every racist since 1865. 
as if this premise hasn't already played out in the mind of every black person since the first halls of prison buses filled. As if the tangled vines of this jungle do not choke the life in full view, captured in smartphones across the ocean. So much tragedy on this real timeline, so much unheralded, so many buried, so many hidden, crippled, gagged, so many bad guys fly off on private jet wings, smashed through oil clouds like blood red pitchers of Kool-Aid, so many bad kings passed out in gold thrones cradling war spoils from battles they ain't even fight. The story of even fictional lands still penned by the winners, even if they attended progressive schools, even if their hearts bleed on screen, they can mold any bodies they want, project them through their lens, and the box office they call home keeps the cash pillows fluffed. Meanwhile, we feel the ancestors at our shins, hear them gasp, shriek, beg, and pray for our further existence. We are beyond even their imagination. We are the alternate makers on the margins now alive daily renaming rebirth remixing stepping defiantly over legacy's bones daily heating the sands to see ourselves reflected the margin made central essential our visions assembled with so much precision it could be reality we'll do one more kevin Koval. That's right, y'all. I went from lotion poem. Um, you know, I got rage. Thank you very much. And I can also do accents. Um, I was Jamaican. That was my Jamaican. Bobo. Um, <laughs> no offense. No offense. Um, my friend Michael Deville, uh, celebrated hip hop artist, actor, and uh, poet. <laughs> here in Chicago, uh, told me uh, he was going to beat the shit out of me if I didn't do his poem. Uh, I paraphrase. I'm paraphrasing. He asked me to do it, but I heard it as, I'm going to kick the shit out if you don't do that poem. <laughs> this is called uh, Little Nas X Brings the Country Together. Are you guys familiar with Little Nas X? Okay, great. Someone was like, no. I'm just saying, some people might not be. There might be people who really just only like classical music. You know, like the Gap Band and Maze featuring Frankie Beverly, you know? Maze featuring Frankie Beverly is a group that, like... Sorry. I don't care. I don't care. I traveled the furthest to be here, so I get to just act, I get to eat up time. I travel the furthest. All right, here we go. Last poem. Thank you. You've been tremendous. And you made me and my chain very happy tonight. Here we go. Little Nas X brings the country together. The drum is a planet vast enough to hold anything, so everything is liable to end up in the stew. And when I saw them West End middle schoolers rock to it, I knew some forgot who built billboards in the first place. Must have forgot the origin of drum, banjo, and bass. Forgot about how we landed, the field and corrals and hollers. Holler, the music was segregated like the people for a reason. Rock and roll, just black slang for sex. Coin because R&B was just sped up blues, and blues was how people healed the blues a universal american noise like country one of the genres people leave out when they say i listen to everything but genre is a satellite inside a pocket hip-hop opens its velvet rope to all as long as it can fit over the drum where anyone is liable to end up looking back at you smiling the same smile so much can be carved thin enough to fit in a pocket, sold and spread across corners of a nation, but everything belongs to the beat. Thanks, y'all. Yeah, Thanks so much for Idris Goodwin, ladies and gentlemen. Want to invite Rach Jackson back to the stage as well. I got the horses in the back. Horse stock is attached, head is mad at black, got the boosters black to match. Riding on a horse, ha, you can whip your Porsche. I've been in the valley, you ain't been up off that porch. Now, can't nobody feel All right. It is uh, a very catchy song. I thought it was going to be intermission. A young man's a genius. Can we, uh, His album was good as fuck. Really, for real? The whole, oh, the whole project. Check it out, the whole project. Oh, well. Seven songs of goodness. 
greatness. You guys, thank you so much for being here. Make some noise for uh, Idris and Rach one more time, y'all. Yeah. That, that was a great set. I have, I have a few questions for y'all. Um, and, uh, you know, both of you guys do a lot of work in your work, but uh, part of what you do is also you take us as readers, listeners, through stories. And so I'm wondering who uh, you alluded to, you know, your, your pastor, but who are some of the storytellers in your life that you uh, kind of put you on game and, and maybe continue to inspire you? Um, I think I think my mom. <laughs> that sounds so cliche, but my mom is so dramatic. <laughs> um, she will beginning, middle, and end a story, and like I have a super performance background because of her. So like, from like the age of three, I was on the stage at the church. I was Jesus. Fun fact: I really was Jesus in one of the plays. So <laughs> I think that like my mom epitomizes storytelling and taught and introduced me to ch- how the church storytells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Man, like every, I'm just so, I just absorb everything. Like I see story everywhere and I listen to everything, people on buses, like everything. I just find people endlessly fascinating and just stories, small little anecdotes, little everything. But for me, I mean, you know, obviously hip hop was a huge, I mean, just a huge, huge influence. Um, you know, and big, you know, Big Daddy Kane, Karis One, Public Enemy, that whole that whole era. Uh, but also Richard Pryor. I mean, like the comedians are big comedians. I'm so excited. Eddie Murphy is like having this moment right now. Yeah, it's just yeah. real. Yeah, the technique. Yeah. It's just it's just that that ability to. I mean, because that's all it is is just telling stories. But it's also like emceeing because it's so much about timing and pace and um and and but Rich, it was all about. But but also mic control. I mean, the way they use this instrument this device uh i love too because i love mics um so yeah all that all that all that all that word uh you know intersectional writing is something that has been around for so long the term has become kind of you know common parlance for really good reason you know a term coined in the 90s by a black womanist um but I'm, i'm wondering in your work you guys cover so much ground uh, in multiple, from the perspective of multiple identities, and you know, as like Wayne or Walt Whitman said, like you contain multitudes. I forget who said it, but um, like there's there's something about your work that is kind of for uh, very specific swaths of the population, and also because you cover so much ground, um, you know, it's for it's for the masses too. And so I wonder how you sit down and write do you just write as a whole person or do you sometimes think i have to account for this aspect of my identity i have to count uh, account for this aspect of my experience how, how does that work in your process i know you we're thinking the same thing right now race jackson which is what if there was a rapper named lil whitman <laughs> <laughs> Little Walt. It's not exactly Walt. what I was no, thinking. No, no, no. Okay, that's just me. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, I think that um, I, initially for the book, I wrote down a bunch of poems, and then I sent them to a couple of people. Um, and by a couple of people, I sent it to like 20 friends. <laughs> um, and then I met with someone who I sat down with who also provided early on, me early on, early on process, yeah. you provided me with like a lot of insight and I, I, I actually well I'll share that story um, I met, can I, is that weird yeah, <laughs> for no, you I, to be I, the I answer have, to I this question I have no memory so okay. yeah please I um, so I, I meet up with Kevin I have my poems I sent him my poems and I'm, I'm like seeing like the comments you know because Google sends you when someone comments on a line and I, uh, I think that you we sat down and you were like, all right, like, what are stories you want to tell? And, like, almost every story I told wasn't what I included in the poems <laughs> that I sent you. And I think you said something like, then include it. <laughs> and I think that, um, I, I don't know. I think that the way I originally was writing poems, I wrote a bunch of poems and I, like, really fucked with it. But I think that having people I looked up to and people whose writing I respected also helped direct this poem. I actually don't know if I'm answering your question or this book. Yeah, yeah, I don't know no, if I'm answering are, the question. Yeah, okay. So so I think that um, having a network of friends that I um, really respected also look at my collection and be like, hey, it's missing this caused me to write that kind of thing. I didn't jump into writing all the pieces. I think that there was like one specific poem in my book about me like making my first center friend and I remember writing that like two days after I met with you and you were like, hey, like you like talked about the story for 10 minutes, Rachel. It's not in your book. 
fix that. And I was like, yeah, you're right. You know, so I think that having a team around you is also super important to any process. Yeah, and I think the stories, the story, I feel like a lot of times the stories that we'll tell people, oftentimes like those are also sometimes the shit that we should write down. Yeah. Because if you tell it enough, you're, you're telling it probably for a reason. You know, it becomes maybe your own orality, your own oral history, but then it's also, I think, worth kind of trying to codify in that way, you know? Yeah. Um, do you, yeah. Uh, I, have a question, I have a question for you all about, about legacy because both of you are you know, wrestling with an inheritance in your book, you know, kind of what you take both from you know, your families but also from you know, various aspects of the culture. Um, I, I'm wondering uh, you know, how, do you, how do you deal with what you've been taught and synthesize that through your practice uh, as, as artists? Yeah, so I mean that's, that's to me that's the work is the wrestling with that. You know, like figuring out, you know, those are the, you know, those are the questions, right? Like, what does it mean to fill in the blank, you know, fill in the blank, you know? Um, and that's what we do to help other other people, help readers be like, oh, damn, yeah. Or listeners be like, yes, you know? Um, and, and the more micro that we can get, and the more specific we can get, the more specific we can get with the question, you know, I think the more um, resonant it is. And I think that's the poet's job is to witness, of course, but also to wrestle. That was a bar. Yeah, that was a bar. Yeah, that was a bar. <laughs> that was a bar. Yeah. I answered one before he answered this one. So all right, fair <laughs> enough. All right, all right, all right trade it off. Um, part, part of writing a book is then also about uh, ensuring your legacy, even though, you know, we have like you know, thousands and millions of words that have been printed. Once you kind of pu- publish something, you know, you're, you're kind of tossing it in that, you know, giant pile of, of things to be left for future generations, you know? And so I, I'm wondering, you know, when in these, in these collections, specifically in your work broadly, what are some of the things that you, you hope to leave behind that readers in the future will, will, will understand about your work? Um, I, I didn't read any of the poems today, um, but I like really tackle some of the known Bible stories. Like again, I wrote this for the church babies, right? So like there, you know, there's a story about how God kills someone that stands up to Moses. Simple, right? How he opens the earth and all of his family and his belongings fall into the pit, and then God closes it, right? And so like I write about that, and I think that. I write for the church babies because we were taught that that was okay. <laughs> like a little murder here, you know, a little elimination of a bloodline there. Um, and I think, <laughs> like, I think that for me, um, I think that I, I hope that a church baby reads my book from years later and is like, yo, the way Job was treated was kind of not cool. Um, that's, that's for me though. Like that's a personal goal of like, the church baby and then the church baby that was like also a little queer and then also a woman like you matter too so that's i hope someone reads this yeah. and then like connects with that i see Word. kevin Co- yeah i i love i'm just uh, i said kevin because he was like and your books are very similar in a way and i was like what does he mean by that and i realized now where you're going with that is that it's this um it's this um i i this is this is these stories belong to me too right yeah. this yeah milieu belongs to me too this is not in the china cabinet no racial um this is this is like something that i can engage with if i want to because it's in right like we are nothing if not cathedrals of story um so these stories are in me so they're mine and if i want to challenge them if i want to explore them i can so now rach rach is doing it in a in a much more um uh, necessary way, whereas I'm just like, hey, remember House Party? No. <laughs> it's a poem about House Party, but but it's me in it. Hey, y'all remember? <laughs> y'all y'all remember going with the wind? <laughs> so it's me in it. Um, but but no, no but it's necessary. It's, yeah, but it's it's necessary. it's like active and, and and in a way that's liberating. I think mm-hmm. for particularly younger readers, newer readers, to be like, oh, you can do that, you know. And it's not it's not flippancy. It's not. I don't. I, I feel like you're coming to it with a real um, understanding. Like you've put in. Like this is the world you come from, yeah. and you and and that yeah. is what what's going to make it resonate. I think. 
Jews would say it's midrashic, you know, like you're 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 kind of tell, retelling the stories of the of the Old Testament. I think, but I think like for the New Testament heads, it's like apocryphal, right? Like you're I, correct me if I'm wrong. I know the, the reverends in the house, um, but uh, it is like right, where you're wrestling just with the stories and making meaning of them now, right? And you're both you're doing that in religion, you're doing you're that in culture. Uh, Reverend Lola rise in the building. Um, that, that's like uh, a phrase that only a member of the tribe could say. Like if I was like, well, you know, Jews would say it just sound everyone was gonna. <laughs> yeah, People are like, ooh, how? Uh, yikes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't have to qualify my Jewishness because it's pronounced on my face. Um, also, something I could not say, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's clearly, it's clearly pronounced on his face. Just keeping I mean, it going. Right? Also, things will not be commented on. <laughs> I got a whole, that's another night, maybe. But no, uh, but yeah. dead ass, though, like the new, right, like Christianity is very, like, this is what it is. Like these are the rules. This is the thing. End of end of conversation, and you know we we. And, but I feel like we're getting to a place of being like let we're actually failing if we're not wrestling with this, if we're not challenging, and if we're not making space for Absolutely. it. Because the point of it is like it's gotta you know it's my you know it's mine, and this is how it how I interpret it and how yeah. I wrestle with it, and this is what it means to me. Now what you know what I mean? So. Um, that is what um, our that. Jewish that. friends have to teach us. Oh God! <laughs> See, Martin Luther King would be so proud. Look, I, the uh, is he here? <laughs> too soon. Too soon. <laughs> um, what if he was though? Like, what if he came to like, He's like, like yo, humor. I'm back, baby. He's like, yo, I'm a big Rage fan, son. Listen, I got all her joints. Listen, I, I often save every every MLK weekend, I often save the party flyers. Does anyone else do that? Yeah. Where they like Photoshop MLK and these terrible things yeah. and they like promote like their party yeah. MLK weekend yeah. and then the, the picture he's like He's got like a Jesus piece. Yeah, no. I, I, I think I sent it I sent one to B and I was like, pull up. Yeah, no. <laughs> she did not uh, think that was funny. The, uh, the, the professor homie Mark Anthony Neal posted one today and it was like uh you know uh you know MLK like uh you know uh you know twerk days off or something like that. Like it yeah, was like no, something like, like something yeah. wild like that. Super yeah. disrespectful, but also I save it because it's also like the Photoshop is on point. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're really good at what they do. Word. Um, well, so both of these books are in the world. I want to let folks both in the audience know that they could get them, of course, in the back after the show, but also for our uh, friends who are listening online. Where, where's the best place to get these really essential, important collections? Well, I will say that uh, anyone interested in purchasing uh, Can I Kick It by Idris Goodwin or Rach Jackson's Even the Saints audition uh, should first and foremost locate their local independent Boom. bookseller and go purchase it yeah. there. We are stocked um, there. And buy, and, and buy like several, like buy many books, uh, new books of poetry like ours, but, you know, classic works uh, like, you know, Gwendolyn Brooks and yeah. et cetera. Um, if you don't want to do that because you hate supporting your local economy, you could go on um, haymarketbooks.org or buttonpoetry.com um, and buy direct from the publisher. They, they like that, too. Um, I, I also... Um, I think for me, too, uh, one thing I've been super pushing is that you can totally request our books at the library. Mm. And so what happens is is that, like, a lot of people that I, like, super fuck with or, like, super fuck with my work be like, Rach, I ain't got it. And I'm like, say no more. Like, the when you request, you, I, I said, I think it's, like, three or four. I can't remember if someone knows it's four. Shout it out. Um, I think three or four people go to the library, your local library, and they request, like, yo, I want Idris Goodwin's book. I want Rach Jackson's book. And the, the library buys it. And then the whole team eats. <laughs> like, right, yeah. So also, please, please, please request our books at the library. And then when it's requested at the library, we stay in the um, archives. So like, like that's also really important on me as like staying a, a, a writer years to come. Super, super easy way to get a free copy of my book. And it still matters. So I, I super think... The, the library is super important, you all. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck with yeah. the library. Thanks. Yeah. Absolutely. And, of course, both of you guys uh, continue to do incredible work in the world. Uh, you also have merch and other projects coming out. So where's the best place uh, on the Internet where people could stay in tune with what you're doing? Get it. Um, R-A-Y-C-H Jackson.com. 
Instagram, Twitter, everything. That's my Patreon too for people that want to be patrons. Um, uh, I I think that uh, the, the quick story is that I threw a Y in my name when I was a teenager because I knew I was going to be famous and I was like off myself. Um, and then when you Google Rachel Jackson, Andrew Jackson's wife came up and I was like so sad. <laughs> so R A Y C H Jackson anything dot com on the internet. Um, it's all the same thing. It's where you can find my work, where you can say hi, that sort of thing. Um. Idris Goodwin just put me in the internet. I'm very findable. Um, <laughs> also, just plug like you guys should buy Kevin's book as well. It's really good. Yeah, it's right. good Everything yes, must yes, go definitely, is definitely, fire. Definitely, okay. definitely, it's very good. And we can edit like, this out. This is <laughs> no, no. I appreciate Kevin it. I appreciate it. Kevin is no, my friend. He's <laughs> 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 so cool. <laughs> I'm like sitting in between besties, all right? Could you uh, all tell me? It's annoying, it's annoying we're right? besties, right? Yeah, I mean, Decent. Depends nice. on the day. It's actually Depends really on the day. cute. Decent, it's really you know cute. Mean? Ebony and Ivory moments. living in perfect harmony, all right? Wow. Like, I'll take it easy. Wow. More like wow. <laughs> mahogany and uh, off. No, and, you all are cute. I like you all's friendships for the, for the decade and, and, and that I've known schmaltz. you all. <laughs> That's another Jewish DJ Cashier also out here. Make some noise for DJ one time. Woo, 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 woo. Want to thank the Soho House. Want to thank Max the Snack Tour. Want to thank Mercedes Zapata. Want to thank Idris Goodwin and Rach Jackson for being a part of Chicago Next. We do this as a monthly event every third Monday of the month, y'all. And, of course, you could tune in to the Corner Store each and every Tuesday, wherever you download podcasts. Uh, please stay in tune, and thanks so much for being here tonight. Have a great night, y'all. <laughs> Buy a book. Buy a book. Shout out our super producer, DJ Cashera. Big up boss man, Todd Manley. Thank you to our official corner store photog, Mercedes Zapata. Salutes to the snack door, Max. Also, please, y'all, follow our Instagram. It's corner underscore pod on IG, on Twitter. Tell us who you want to see in the corner store. And also, please consider dropping a couple of dollars into our Patreon account. It's patreon.com corner store underscore pod. The corner store is brought to you by Stolen Spirits.